podcast about the complex themes presented in the horror genre. I'm your host, Nicole, and it's time to share another dark tale. Hello, friends. I hope you're all doing well out there. Life is still busy, and I haven't had just the willpower to research and write a normal full-length episode, but uh, I did want to check in and just take a few minutes to give you some recommendations for the upcoming holiday weekend. Um, As with everything right now, Fourth of July probably looks a little different for you this year, and since it's such a weird time for just the entire country, feel-good films about the founding of our country just might not do. Um, I mean, I know that... Hamilton on Disney Plus is like all the rage. But, uh, you know, I feel like horror fans are probably the best at embracing weird times. And maybe what we really need most in America right now is something weird. So if you are keeping it low key, like I am this year, a movie marathon and just like a big bowl of popcorn might be what you need this 4th of July. Now, I love a good summer-themed horror film. I've compiled a list of my favorites on the blog, and if you want to dive into those, I will add a link in the show notes. Fall is obviously the best time for something scary, but summer actually holds a lot of scares as well. And there are quite a few horror movies set either on or around 4th of July. I'm going to talk about just three of them today. Two of them, which are fairly underviewed and underloved, maybe, in my opinion. The first one that I want to talk about is Silver Bullet. So werewolf movies kind of had a little bit of a renaissance in the 80s. They were sort of all the rage. And uh, classics like The Howling and An American Werewolf in London tend to be remembered most, largely due to the emergence of cutting-edge special effects Um, Both of those movies had amazing werewolf transformations like nothing anyone had ever seen before. But a lesser known but beloved werewolf tale from 1985 is Silver Bullet. It began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, again. And again. What was that? It's over there. Don't point that at me. Nobody knew who or what was responsible. Come on. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now. From the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet, the last glimmering hope. When a series of unexplained murders occurs in the normally quiet town of Tarker's Mill, the residents decide to hunt down the killer. However, many of these vigilantes end up dead, 
and those who don't are no closer to finding an assailant. But when a young wheelchair-bound boy named Marty encounters a werewolf one night, the pieces begin to come together. Along with his sister and Uncle Red, Marty begins a mission to capture the werewolf once and for all. Silver Bullet is based on a book that was a collaboration between Stephen King and famed comic book artist Bernie Wrightson. And that book is structured very uniquely. Um, There's a chapter for each month. And each chapter takes place during the full moon of that month. And there is a murder of the werewolf. So it's a really cool kind of fast read. And you get these little snippets of the town. And one of the coolest chapters is July, in which Marty encounters the werewolf and fights him off with fireworks. And so this scene of Marty defending himself against the werewolf with the fireworks is also in the movie. It plays out a little differently, um, but it's fantastic. Um, I don't want to completely spoil it, but he, his Uncle Red has given him some fireworks that he's not supposed to have. And so he sneaks out in the middle of the night and goes to shoot off these fireworks. And, um, you know, he's trying not to get caught at home. And so he has to go way away from his house. So he's just out in the middle of the night alone. And uh, he encounters, of course, the, the werewolf. And uh, it's like, it's like, it's still, even as an adult, like it's still a little scary. Um, it's a great visual and it's just something that, uh, that really sticks with you. So the movie isn't directly centered around the 4th of July. It's kind of across the whole year, but that particular chapter is really, really memorable. And it's the same way in the movie. Um, the movie is very charming. The characters are all really likable. Um, Corey Haim is in it. Uh, Gary Busey is Uncle Red, and like he's quirky and kind of zany, but like still grounded. And he and Marty kind of like break the rules and wreak a little bit of havoc together. And so you really love that relationship. And the big sister as well. She's like annoyed with her little brother, but also clearly loves him and wants the best for him. And so when those three kind of team up to figure out, oh, who's the werewolf and how do we overcome the werewolf? It's just really fun. And I think it's also great for like a family watch. Now, it's still a werewolf movie in the 80s. And so it's scary and there's some gore, but you could definitely watch it with older kids. There's no like nudity or really harsh language or anything. So it could be um, a fun family watch. And I think the charm and the lovable characters are really what set Silver Bullet apart from the other werewolf movies of the 80s. It just has like an endearing quality that has stuck with me through the years. So of course the 80s were a golden age for horror. And then the 90s came around and it was a bit of a wasteland for a while. And I was growing up in the early 90s, uh, growing up on older horror movies mostly. And then, of course, we got the teen slashers of the 90s. And those teen slashers had a huge influence on me. And, um, you know, before Wes Craven's scream showed up on the scene and like just pumped new blood into the genre, horror was, like I said, just a, it's a bit of a wasteland. And so right on the heels of scream, we get I Know What You Did Last Summer. I Know What You Did Last Summer was one of the earliest entries in this kind of slasher renaissance. And it takes place in a seaside town squarely over the Fourth of July holiday. So the boy and girl are making out, right? 
when they hear over the radio that this lunatic killer's escaped from an insane asylum. That's not the way it goes. The boy goes for help, and the girl stays in the car, and she hears this, like, scratching sound. No, he's been decapitated. No, he was gutted with a hook. Dead. We can't just leave him here. Oh, tell me, little Miss Prelaw, what's the charge for manslaughter? We make a pact. Right here and now we take the Sar grave. For the last year, four friends have kept a secret. Are you on drugs? No. Well, then what is wrong? I've had a rough year. But not all secrets stay buried. Somebody sent this to me. Oh, my God. Someone knows. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. What they thought would be a new beginning. Toast to us. Is becoming a dead end. Somebody tried to kill you last night. We have to go to the police. If you want to be dead, he could have done it. And the mistake they made. It was an accident. There was no accident. It was murder. What if he's still alive? Hey! What are you doing here? Is coming back to haunt them. Oh, my gosh. He's after me, too. I got a letter. I got run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off. Ah! Julie gets a body in a trunk, and you get a letter? That's balanced. She's waiting for us to unravel. The wait is over. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? summer <gasps> it's the 4th of july and four friends julie ray helen and barry are celebrating along with graduation on their way home they hit a pedestrian walking down a curved corner they dump the body in the ocean and make a pact to keep it a secret in hopes of saving their futures one year later julie returns home from college for summer break in the mail, she receives a letter stating that, I know what you did last summer. Julie freaks out and gathers up her old friends who are now separated, miserable, and not speaking. They all decide to find out who saw them that fateful night, and in the process of tracking the suspect down, the body count goes up. So let me be clear. <laughs> uh, I know what you did last summer is not in the same category as Scream for me. But um, I was 13, 14 when it came out, and I was like squarely in the target audience. And it was a ton of fun for me, and I watched it, I mean, several times. Um, I think I saw it in the theater, and then, you know, friends would come over, we would watch it. I just, I saw it several times, and really remember, like, thinking it was really good. So last fall, when actually, I think when we were at the Stanley Hotel. It was on TV. And the whole franchise was on TV like over the course of Halloween last year. And I was excited to rewatch it. And I was like, this movie does not hold up. <laughs> um, when I watch Scream now, it still feels very like fresh and, and like important. And it means even maybe a little more to me now that I'm older and understand it. But I know what you did last summer is just kind of dumb fun. It's also very, very 90s. 
Um, which so is Scream. I mean, so are a lot of those that came out in that time, you know, 96 through 99. Um, but man, I was just like, oh, this is definitely a teen movie. But I think that's part of what makes it perfect for 4th of July. Again, it's set right on the 4th of July. You've got these kind of like all American kids. Um, it follows that slasher formula, which like feels very American. And like I said, it's just, it's fun. It's a great popcorn movie. You don't need to be paying 100% attention. It's not a huge bummer. It's not going to bring everybody down. So it's definitely a good uh, a good addition to this little movie marathon. The last movie I want to talk about is probably the most underviewed movie on this list, and that is The Bay. So there's no denying that Jaws is probably like the movie to watch on the 4th of July. Like horror fan or regardless, it's a pretty popular one. I mean, it's a masterpiece. I could honestly probably watch it every year. However, The Bay is a lesser known kind of patriotic creature feature that is really worth a watch, especially if you have seen Jaws already a hundred times. 911, what are you reporting? Sorry, did you say, you say something bad? Where is she bleeding from? Good morning, Marilyn. I am in Claridge, the host of our annual July 4th party. We're in the middle of some kind of viral outbreak. It's eating their organs, intestines, liver. It goes for kidneys. There's something wrong with the water. This stuff has chemical steroid in it. Hey, we got a situation over the 911 call center, and the system's about to go down. We're just overloaded with calls. Stephanie, you're not answering your phone. I do not want you to get off that boat. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. I know they shut down all the roads going into Clarity. Now I'm flying over the water here, and, uh, well, there's just dead fish everywhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> so big, I don't think he fits in this boat. <laughs> Never seen anything like that? Never seen nothing like what that. What is that? Son of a bitch! <laughs> Don't just shut down the eastern seaboard without approval from a higher authority. As you can see here, we have these parasites. Oh my god. Isopods eating right through the fish's tongue. There's something really wrong. Help me. It's eating them from the inside. There's bats. There's bodies everywhere. Do you hear that? We could easily be looking at a new form evolve. Go away! I'm going to show the world what happened here. If you find this tape, just please get it out. This found footage film is set in 2009 in the town of Claridge, Maryland, on the Chesapeake Bay. During the town's annual 4th of July Crab Festival, townspeople become sick, exhibiting a variety of symptoms which leads local news reporters to suspect something has infected the water there. No one is sure what it is or how it's transmitted, but as people start to behave strangely, and others turning up dead, 
fear spawns into panic. The town is shut down as government authorities confiscate video footage from every media or personal source they find in an effort to cover up the incident. But one local reporter who witnessed the epidemic was able to document, assemble, and hide this film in hopes that one day the horrible truth would be revealed. The Bay is part monster movie and part body horror. And much like Jaws, it's about this quaint little town that just wants to, like, celebrate the 4th of July in peace. However, this town, situated on the Chesapeake Bay, is being overrun by some kind of, like, parasitic virus. And it brings terror to, like, the locals and the tourists both. And so the Bay is, uh, it's just a surprising little found footage movie that is, it's really better than you'd expect. And like when the signs of infection start showing up, like kind of out of nowhere, it really feels like real and terrifying. I don't remember when I first heard about the Bay, but I gave it a chance and thought, oh, it's just, you know, just another found footage movie. I'll just like put it on. And then ended up really liking it. And I've revisited it a couple of times and I think it holds up. Part of the reason why it's so great for 4th of July is because they are having this little festival and like everybody's like, you know, wearing their red, white and blue and like eating burgers and, you know, they have sparklers and it just feels very much like, oh, this is something I grew up with. If you grew up in a small town as I did, like this feels like my home, you know, and I think that really adds to when things start going wrong. Um, it's just it doesn't make it seem seems really real. And also, because these people are gathering together in a group and then this disease starts spreading, it's just, I think, really relevant to our times now. Um, so that just gives it like a little bit of extra oomph right now. So this, uh, if, you, if you still want to watch Jaws, this maybe would make a really good double feature with Jaws. Watch the bay, watch Jaws, maybe throw Piranha in there. I know people love that one. That's another good. I don't think it's 4th of July, but uh, it still has that, you know, creature in the ocean vibe. At any rate, check out The Bay. You're going to need a bigger boat. So there you have it. Like I said, there are plenty of summer and or 4th of July themed horror movies that you could watch this year. Um, but these are the ones that I think are really great for any 4th of July, but especially this 4th of July. So I hope that you will all stay safe, but still have a fun fourth, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for tuning in. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.